Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Continuing the professional season previews today here on the podcast. This week, going into one of my favorites, if not actually, no, it is my favorite, the Italian League, which has great teams top to bottom, tons of interesting players, tons of interesting storylines for the upcoming season. Going to get into all of that on the podcast just gonna be me today guys so get used to this voice you're gonna be hearing a lot of it over the next 45 minutes an hour we'll see how long this takes me but enough of an introduction let's start with the podcast so the way i'm gonna divide it similar to the polish plus liga if you guys listen to that podcast i'm gonna divide it into tiers I have five tiers for you today, kind of groupings of teams. I am going to rank them too, but if you want an idea of how similar I see the teams to each other, how I rank them against each other, that's what the tiers are for. So let's start with uh, tier one contenders. And my first team that I'm going to talk about today is Perugia. And perhaps the biggest signing of the offseason, something that I thought would never happen, was Simone Gianelli moving his way on to Perugia from Trentino. Guys, he grew up with like this Trentino team, was a huge part of their team over the last five years, including their Italian league victories in 2013 and 2015, their club world championships, a bunch of those medals. He's basically been on the team and playing at a really high level since he was like 16 years old. I personally thought he was just gonna stay in Trentino forever. I mean, he seemed to have this perfect situation. He's been with the club since a youth player. But to know he's moving on to Perugia. And we'll get to how that affects Trentino a bit later. But for Perugia, I mean, you can't even imagine like a better signing. Literally the best possible signing. Going from Dragon Travica, who rightly or wrongly got a lot of the blame for the poor play last season. And replacing him with the best Italian setter. Uh, so not counting against the foreigner limit. Huge, huge upgrade for Perugia. I've seen people ranking them behind Morena, behind Lube still. But I have them number one. I mean... For me, Dragon Travizzo was a huge part of why they played so poorly last season. And they really didn't lose too much else. They also added Matt Anderson, Camille Reitzlicki, and basically only lost Alexander Atanasevich, Shawan Vernon Evans, both of the same position, both the opposite. Both barely played last year because of that whole situation at opposite for Perugia. So basically, they just added Simone Gianelli and Matt Anderson at the opposite position. Of course, it's still a bit of a question whether... Matt Anderson will play the outside or opposite position. Matt Anderson has said in the past that his preferred position is opposite, but clubs, and especially Zeneca Zonfro those years with Maxi Mikhailovic opposite, saw more value as from him as an outside hitter, which makes sense. He's actually quite a good passer, which you might not know if you're only a fan of the USA national team. But they could either go with Matt Anderson opposite, Wilfredo Leon, Ole Plotnitschke at outside hitter, or... Wilfredo Leon, Matt Anderson at outside hitter, and Camille Reitzlicki at opposite, who's, you know, an elite starting opposite in the Superliga. So that's a nice uh, insurance to have. So I see Perugia as the team to beat, the number one team. Of course, if they don't win this year, for me, that's like starting to get a bit dicey for Wilfredo Leon, for someone who I think is the volleyball goat to basically not have any success on the international stage or on the club stage since he left Zeneca Zahn. This is a year for me that there's no more excuses left. If, you know, Perugia should win the title, they are going to be a very strong Champions League contender as well. And, you know, I think this is really do or die for Wilfredo Leon here in terms of his overall legacy in the volleyball world. I mean, I just sung a lot of praise for Perugia here, but 
almost as talented, in my opinion, is Lubait Chivitanova. Once again, pretty much rolling with the same lineup that they did last year. All the core pieces are here. Luciano De Checo, Osmani Wantarena, Robert Landy Simon, who was by far, it wasn't even a little tiny, itty-bitty bit close to the best middle blocker in volleyball last season. Fabio Belasso, who was fantastic for them as well, in my opinion, the best Italian libero. Adding Ivan Zaitsev and swapping Ricardo Lucarelli, or sorry, Yoandi Liao for fellow Brazilian teammate Ricardo Lucarelli. So a bit of, in my opinion, passing reception defense for a little less on serve and offense, although Lucarelli is extremely strong there as well. However, Ivan Zaitsev is out for the first part of the season, unclear exactly how long, with an injury. And they signed NCAA standout, the strongest player, according to those who follow NCAA more than I do, over the past two years, Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who I, I've seen a bit of tape of him. He looks pretty good, actually. I'm a pretty big fan of Gabby. I think he's ready, actually, to play in the Superliga. Obviously, it won't exactly replicate what Ivan Zaitsev could give you, but in my opinion, he's, he's a much better option than doing some weird Robert Landy Simon and opposite thing like they did a couple years ago. My only question here with Lube is that they're a pretty old team already. I mean, I was Manny in 1985, Robert Landy Simon 1987, Dicheco 88. May not seem old to some of you guys, but for volleyball, that's starting to get up there. And granted, not players that super rely on their athleticism, but maybe if they take a bit of a step back, it could cause issues for the team especially for Juan Torreina. I don't know how, how much longer he can keep going as one of the best outside hitters in volleyball. So that's why I had them a little lower than Perugia. And rounding out the big three for this season, the tier one contenders is Modena, who I, I think a lot of people put them first because when you look at the names that Modena added after they kind of, you know, saved some money last season, it's pretty insane. Irvin Engapet, Yohandi Leal, Numir Abdelaziz, Bruno Resende. So basically... Like four of the top players at the respective positions and a couple quite solid middle blockers in Daniele Mazzone and Dragon Stankovic, even if neither of them are really a star player like Robert Landy Simone. And I mean, if you know how the construction of this team happened, a lot like these guys are friends off the court, Namir, Irvin Engapet, Bruno, Vial. I mean, you can add Rosh Kovacevic to that kind of group as well, but I guess there wasn't enough room on the roster for him. So yeah, very, very solid. These guys all know each other. They've played together before. Obviously, Irvin Engapet and Bruno were a legendary duo in Modena already. One of the best pipe attack runs we've ever seen in volleyball, if not the best Bruno to Engapet on Modena. However, I the reason I put them third is A, because I don't know who on this team is going to kind of be the third wheel between Yohandi Leal, Namir Abdelaziz, and Irvin Engapet. Those are three guys who demand a lot of touches, who want to be the main guy, who are trying to look to score a lot. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a tough job managing egos for Andrea Gianni, but you know, he's kind of like the Phil Jackson of volleyball, pretty zen. So if anyone can do it, it's probably him. And the other reason is because they don't really have a lot of depth. We had the Engapet package. So Swan Engapet being signed as well as Irvin. Not a terrible player, actually. Swan's, Swan's not bad, but um, not someone you want to rely on too much in case uh, injury to Irvin or Yoandi. Same with Martin Van Garderen. He's fine. I would probably even rank him below Swan, though. So two guys you don't want to rely on too much. Also, former Modena player as well. So 
they probably you know knew him from his <laughs> from his old time there and requested to have him as well and yeah not really a lot of depth in middle really if they don't really have any two other than Stankovic and Mazzoni and Stankovic is getting up there in age and Rossini the libero probably the worst of these tier one contenders between Kalachi and Belasso not a bad player though so I think there are a few question marks on Modena and also I don't think Angapet's gonna consistently play it as Olympic MVP form as we've seen over the last couple seasons in Zenit Kazan so may not be the the star-studded super roster best roster in volleyball ever that you may be suspected also of course losing my two of the best players in volleyball Michael Christensen and Jenia Grabenikov <music> My next tier here is very good teams, teams that are threats and actually like they would probably be contenders in most other leagues, professional leagues in volleyball. But for Italy, they're just outside that big three who I, who I view as the true contenders. These guys, you know, could make a semifinals appearance, maybe even a fi finals appearance if they get hot for a series. But I don't really see them winning the title, given how ridiculously top heavy the Italian league is. So in fourth place, the first team in the tier two threats is Piacenza. Piacenza is a team that clearly has a bit of money to spend. They added Antoine Brizard, Aaron Russell, and Addis Ragumzija, who, okay, I guess those aren't the absolutely elite names that we see going to teams like Modena, but Antoine Brizard, starting setter on an Olympic champion. Aaron Russell, I think a lot of people are forgetting about him, but he's still a really elite top-tier player, if he can stay healthy. Adesla Gumzija, who had a fantastic season with Monza. You know, I'm kind of bummed he's not staying there. It would have been nice if the team that scouted him brought him to Italy. He at least stayed there for a couple of years, but that's not really how European sports work. Uh, Piacenza, overall, very good team, especially Antoine Brizard at the helm. He's going to do great things with pretty much any roster. They also have Max Holt, Thibaut Rossard, Francesco Riccini, basically like a completely new team. Um, so the couple questions here, who's going to start at the outside hitter position? Francesco Riccini just won a European Championships with Italy, although he wasn't starting in that tournament. One of my favorite players to watch. He's only 183 centimeters tall. So if you guys are like a short outside hitter, he's playing on the highest level. And like looking at this roster, he could actually start on the team beside Aaron Russell. I mean, Thibaut Rossard, probably the more complete player right now. And he had a great season last year, especially in terms of serving and attacking. But it's, I think it's still a question. Thibaut Rossard, Francesca Ricina, Aaron Russell, of course, could also sustain an injury. Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of that. Max Holt is locking it up in the middle, although he has not been the prime Max Holt. Looks like a little bit of decline for the American middle blocker, although he's still very talented and still... A very strong server from the middle position, which I think is underrated. They also have a pretty solid second outside or second middle blocker. A couple Italians here. Enrico Chester, still playing at a high level. Deadly float server. Also Alessandro Tondo, Eduardo Kaneshi. I think it's just going to be a kind of tryout for those three guys. Whichever one of them is playing the best, going to start beside Max Holt. And those good Italian middles go fast. As we start going down this roster, we're going to be running out of good Italian middles and liberos as well. And you can already see that on Piacenza. They have Leonardo, Scanf Leonardo Scanferla, 
who I believe has been in the youth national team system for Italy, however, still a bit unproven. Number five, I have Milano, one of my favorite teams to watch over the past few seasons. Unfortunately, losing a few of the players that I was a huge fan of on this team, um, Riccardo Spertoli, probably the biggest loss as arguably the second, probably actually I would say the second best Italian setter. He's going over to Trentino to fill in for Simone Gianelli. So in his place, we have Nicolo Daldello, the veteran setter, and also Paolo Poro, who you might recognize from Italy's U21 world champion team with Alessandro Micheletto, Tommaso Rinaldi, and Pablo Poro, I would, Paolo Poro, I would say, probably the third, the third best prospect on that list after the outside hitters, Micheletto and Rinaldi. He's actually extremely talented, undersized for sure, 183, but we've seen these these good players, I mean, if they, if they have the hops, they have the timing, they can actually be a little bit effective in the block. And we, as we know, you know, some of the best setters in the world are short Benjamin Taniuti, William Mariona. So we've definitely seen small setters succeed before. Also losing Steven Marr, who, if you remember, there was a weird uh, three outside hitter situation between Tinier and Yuki Ishikawa. Steven Marr were clearly uh, all those guys were too good to be on the bench. Unfortunately, Marr lost out on that starting role and you could see maybe it affected his confidence on the Canadian national team this summer as well. However, they're bringing in Thomas Jayski, the American outside hitter, who's made a bit of a comeback after some devastating injuries that kept him out for a couple seasons. He'll be next to Yuki Ishikawa, so no real contest, no drama on the outside hitter position this year, which will be nice. Jean Patry opposites and backed up by Yuri Romano, the man who went 9 for 10 in the European Championship Finals and scored a couple of clutch aces as well. So unfortunately, I, I don't see him getting any playing time over Patry. And even, you, I don't know, I, I'm not exactly sure how this works, but maybe you could even get loaned out to a couple a different team on the lower end of the standings because he's actually could be effective. I don't know. He gained some confidence during Eurovolley. Other than that, they also added Bartholomew Chin and Yez, who's obviously fantastic middle blocker, best middle blocker at the Olympics to go with Matteo Piano. I would say the biggest issues for Milano are A, can Paolo Paro be a full-time starting setter at this level? He, I think he has the hands for it, but the serving and the blocking for me is the big question mark. And also a couple quite injury-prone players in Matteo Piano and Thomas Jaski. So we'll see if they can stay healthy. Not going to be beating Perugia in a seven-game series, but still pretty solid. My number six team, the last team in the threats tier, and all these teams are extremely close. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've rearranged the, the standings a few times, and that's Trentino. And I definitely did not have Trentino in this tier, maybe when I, when I took a first look at the rosters earlier on in the summer, because a couple of their players, especially the unicorn, Alessandro Micheletto, have looked really good. Obviously, Italy is kind of surprising Euro volley win that Micheletto played a big part in. And I don't know. He's like looking like just about a top 10 outside hitter in the world. I mean, last year on Trentino, my criticisms were, you know, he, he has the passing. He's really tall, but he's still lacking in some of the areas, other areas in his game. And he's added an incredible attacking effectiveness. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the most efficient scorers in the Italian league this season, but also a really nice spin serve, although he was doing a floater at the Youth World Championships, which was a bit strange to see. So Micheletto, I mean, he's, he's going to be like the leader of this team already. Luckily, he has a few veterans to guide him. Matej Kaziski, 
the main one who's still, yeah, he's still playing volleyball and at a quite a high level. They retain the two beastly Serbian middle blockers, Marko Bedrashin and Sereko Lizinac, who have a nice setter in Ricardo Spertoli, as I mentioned before. And that was huge, keeping those two Serbian middle blockers. I mean, that's definitely the best middle blocking pairing, arguably in volleyball, definitely in Italy, in my opinion. Especially they're going to feast against teams like Lube Civitanova and Modena, who maybe, uh, sorry, not Lube, Perugia and Modena, top tier teams who maybe don't have the most elite middle blockers, can probably put Piacenza on that list as well. Julian Zenger, I think a very underrated German libero coming in. Overall, a, you know, a very solid team. Julio Penali at opposite, who I've never been a huge fan of. And he's definitely shorter than his 199 centimeters listed. I would say he's more like 193, 194, maybe 195. But he's still, I mean, saw him have some great matches at Eurovolley. So, a couple questions here for Trentino. Second outside starting spot, Matej Kaziski, you know, was still a very high-level outside hitter last year in Verona. But also we saw Daniele Lavia, the leading scorer in the final game of Eurovolley, take a big step forward. Another guy who I wasn't the biggest fan of, but he's still young, still only 22 years old. So it could even play a bigger role. And I think one thing we forget about is that for a lot of these players, it's a, lot, it's a matter of confidence. And the fact that Daniele Lavia, you know, played a very strong role, started the entire time with some good competition behind him and won the Italian championships for Italy. I think, I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable in the league this season. So I think he's going to be the starter with Matej Kaziski, you know, potentially coming in whenever one of those younger guys is having a bad game. Definitely don't see Aristo Cavuto playing. Overall, Trentino, yeah, a lot stronger than I thought. I thought it was going to be like a, a wash here for them, but I think they're actually going to be pretty good. In my next tier, I have the teams that I believe are going to make the playoffs, you know, being that kind of mix. And I don't think any of these teams really have a shot at the title or anything like that. Just that they're going to be competitive, you know, capable of taking a game off the top teams occasionally. At number seven, first in this tier is Vibo Valencia, who made some of the spiciest signings of the offseason. First of all, the big one we all definitely have to talk about is Yuji Nishida finally coming over to play pro. I shouldn't say finally. I mean, he's only uh, 21 years old, still, still a young guy in the scheme of things, but garnered millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. Only 6'1", 187 centimeters at the opposite position. Jumps out of the gym really strong. I'm a fan of Nishida, to be honest. I know um, some other analysts uh, are down on him, think he's overrated, won't be able to play outside of the Japanese system. But for me, he I don't know. I think a lot of his skills are translatable uh, outside of Japan. The big one being serving. I mean, he's a very underrated server, one of the most devastating uh, spinsters in the sport. So I think just on that alone, he's going to find success in the Italian league, which is the best, hardest serving league in volleyball. Also, he had better stats in Japan than guys like uh, Bartosz Kurek and Michal Kubiak. Uh, very comparable to Dmitry Mazursky playing the opposite position. So he's already shown he can produce at that level. Of course, the question for him going to be blocking a lot of good outside hitters in Italy, but I, I think given what he gives you on the offensive end, he's he's probably an upgrade on Ibuba from last year by, by a good margin, actually. 
Um, speaking of Abuba and Brazilians, we have three pretty good Brazilians from the national team coming over to Viva Valencia. The millions of followers on Instagram, Douglas Souza. Not a flashy player, but a very solid guy. Going to give you, you know, doesn't really have any weaknesses in his game. Mauricio Borges, same thing. Not, not the most, you know, dynamic player, but he will pass well. He'll hit well. Got a decent serve. And last but not least, Flavio, the middle blocker from Brazil, who's shown that he can be very effective in a club setting, playing in Poland the last couple years, I believe or at least last year, he was good in Xavierci, so I'm sure he'll be good again. The big question here with Vibo, clearly they have a lot of talent. It's really if the setter, David Seda, is able to replicate the incredible job. I mean, he, he really turned into one of the most elite setters in the Italian league, which kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he's, he's always been a solid guy, but he's never been that good, especially given the fact that he's 33 going on 34 this season. So... That's a, a lot to ask of uh, Davide Seda. I'm not sure if he can replicate quite the same level. That's why I had them in this tier and not one up. Also, the libero, now that we're getting to this level, the libero second middle blocker. Although they have Davide Candelaro, so it's still good here, but uh, the liberos are starting to drop off pretty hard um, with Marco Rizzo probably being the starter here. And that, you know, it pays to have a really good libero in a league with the serves that Italy does. At number eight, I have Monza losing a couple of key players, unfortunately, for them. The big one being Addis Lagumzija, the Turkish opposite, who I already talked about on Piacenza. In his place, Jorgi Grozier, so should should be fine. I mean, on paper, they're pretty similarly talented players. However, Grozier, I don't know. I don't know how much he has left in him. He's pretty old. Uh, he was injured quite a bit last year. And at backup, all they have is the Croatian player, Tomislav. Uh, Mitrasinovic, who I almost know nothing about. So that's a bit of a question mark there. Outside hitters, pretty interesting. They have the very nice Bulgarian prospect, Denis uh, Karyagin, who unfortunately did not perform that great at the underage championships, but still an interesting prospect. And one guy who I saw a lot of over the last uh, few months and even had the chance to talk to a couple of times, uh, Vlad Daviskiba, the Belarus outside hitter, very talented guy saw you know a few games last year uh, but he was played a huge role on the belarus national team they didn't do that great at euro volley but they you know they took some sets off some good teams like slovenia italy i uh, shouldn't say took sets off them played them competitively a bit undersized at 196 or about 65 but he has really good jumps really smart hitter and you know packs a huge punch on his attack so he kind of makes up for the lack of height and jumping ability and has a very nice pipe ball and serve. Serving is one of his best weapons as well as we saw a few times last year. So I'm really high on Davi Skiba. I think he's probably going to be the most important player on this team, surpassing Donovan Zavaranak, who I didn't see at Eurovolley, still not sure why. Um, but I think Davi Skiba is the main guy at outside hitter. And yeah, we haven't seen Zavaranak really take it to the next level that consistently. I'm also not a huge fan of Santiago Orduna at the setter. He's solid, he's safe, but kind of a low upside guy. He's going to get the ball very consistently and precisely to where you want it. But obviously only 185 and 37, 38 years old. So he's going to give up a lot in the block, like a lot, a lot, even like more than guys like Paolo Poro. Uh, they have Gianluca Galassi and Thomas Beretta. So I think actually quite strong in the middle. I'm a 
Very big fan of Gianluca Galassi, another guy who I got to see a ton of at Eurovolley. I'm surprised he didn't get picked up by one of the uh, top teams, actually. And again, we have a couple prospects at Libero. Don't really want to talk about them too much because, you know, I can't. <laughs> I haven't scouted every single one of like the 30 Italian Liberos in the league. But Monza, potentially a good team. But definitely some question marks with health with Grozier, Zavarana. We'll see. At number nine, we have Verona Volley, who I'm very excited to watch. Going to watch a lot of Verona this year because Rock Mozic, I think, who I put as one of my top prospects in my YouTube video. I've talked about him a bunch on the podcast before. Had the opportunity again to see him with Slovenia. He didn't get in that much, but at Eurovol, I mean, he's, he's probably the most athletic <laughs> hitting line hitter I've ever seen in my life. He absolutely crunches the ball. Uh, hasn't quite translated, still still needs to work on his decision-making, but the guy is, I mean, the guy is hitting like at Wilfredo Leon Heights. Like it's unreal where he's hitting from. You know, he, he has potential on a serve as well. Got to work on the passing a bit, but Rock Mosic, glad he got picked up by an Italian team. And he's about to have a lot more fans after this year, I think. They also have a young guy from Bulgaria, Asparu Asparuhov, who also saw time in spurts with the Bulgarian national team, although Atanasov and Skrimov were the starters for the most part. Mads Jensen, so it's really a youth movement in Verona, which is kind of why I have them in this area. They're, they're hard to predict because they, if those three guys, you know, play to their potential, improve like, like a player their age should, they could be actually quite good and in, in, in be in the playoffs. But... As you know, those young teams sometimes take a while to gel, and it, it's really going to be a tough coaching job for Vadistin Stoichev. My Tier 4 is full of teams that would be very glad if they made the playoffs. Starting at number 10, Cisterna, who had a very disappointing season last season. I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. They had Kevin Tilly, um, Jorgi Saganov, Tobias Crick, Arthur Schwartz, Domenico Cavicini. Luigi Randazzo, some good names on that roster, but unfortunately, really, uh, at the bottom of the standings, barely won any matches. I don't know if this year's roster is that much better. They brought in Steven Marr, who's a big upgrade at outside hitter, Tommaso Rinaldi, uh, these U21 Italian sensations spreading out around the league to get some playing time. And Tommaso, I mean, he was very impressive in the U21 championship, looked great. Maybe uh, got him less attention since the emergence of Micheletto, but still a very solid player. I mean, I still like Schwartz, Creek, and Cavicini as, as your three utility guys, especially Schwartz, who had a great summer looking like, at times, the best middle blocker for Team Canada. So I think a lot of the improvement I have them in uh, number 10 versus number last for Sustainer is just like the players playing like they should, also bringing back uh, Aiden Zinjal, the Australian middle blocker, um, back to professional volleyball coming off the bench. So... Michelle Buranovic setting, not great, not terrible, could be worse. So this is why I have them in 10th, just a step above the teams below them because they have experience. They got Stephen Marr, very experienced guy. They have Tommaso Rinaldi, some upside there. Uh, Tobias Creek also some upside, played well with Germany this summer. Number 11, Padova, another team I'm going to be following quite a bit this year. Um, Eric Lepke moving on from Ravenna to Padova. So he's uh, had a great first season in the Italian league. If you don't know who he is, he's uh, probably the best Canadian prospect that's come out, I mean, arguably ever. Very talented player, had good moments last year and a very fun player to watch. He has these like Angapet nailed down. He has this really fun one where he goes up with his right hand, he's right-handed attack and then switches to his left for a little tip. 
So he's got some very good tricks in the bag, and I hope to see some improvement from him this season. Could even be, I mean, one of the better outside hitters in the entire league, in my opinion. We also have similar situations with Linus Weber, the German opposite, who didn't really get to see too much during Eurovolley as Grozier was, in fact, playing. But he was sensational scorer for Friedrichshafen in Champions League in the Bundesliga last year. Very physical guy and definitely uh, has been the focus of Team Germany's development for quite a while now. They've been keeping a close eye on him. He's developing well. Also, Matteo Batolo came out of nowhere last year for Padova in his first year off the B team and actually played a huge role and looked really good and earned himself a well-deserved spot on the Italian Eurovolley roster and looked great during Eurovolley. <laughs> I don't know how many matches he played, if he even played any, but uh, just I got to see him in practice and hitting lines and warm-ups. He, he, he's looking great. A couple of decent middles in Vitelli and Volpato. Could do worse at this place in the standings. Two more liberos who I do not know, although Nicolo Bassanello seems a little familiar. But mainly this team is, is pretty boomer bust. I mean, it re they have higher upside, definitely higher upside than Sesterna. And perhaps their biggest move of the offseason, one I, I, I love this move, is getting rid of Tonchek's turn because that guy was dragging down the offensive performance of this team quite a bit. I mean, you can argue that it wasn't really anyone else to give the sets to, although I would argue with Matteo Batolo developing like he did last year. Maybe he should have been featured more, but Tonchek Stern, I mean, I guess he was the only guy on the roster, but I mean, he's he was fifth in the league in scoring last year, but only on 36% efficiency. So yeah, that's going to drag your offense down a bit. In my fifth tier here, I have first Toronto, the new team that has joined the Super League, promoted from A2 last season. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but you know, as it stands, it kind of sounds like Toronto, my, my hometown, Toronto. But unfortunately, still no Canadian teams in the Italian Superliga. Toronto, Toronto, I'm just going to call them Toronto, signed a few interesting players. We saw Tommaso Stefani, the middle slash opposite, although it seems like his calling is an opposite, played that at the U21 championship, that gold medal team. Definitely another prospect to watch from those games. But they also have Giulio Sabi at opposite. So I'm not sure if they're going to go with the experience, the youth. It'd be a shame to see Stefani spend another season on the bench. And that's kind of the thing with Taranto. I mean, it's kind of a weirdly constructed roster. A lot of question marks at several of the positions. Young guys versus experienced guys. Luciano Polanski, who had a great season in France last year, the Argentinian prospect. But they also have Luigi Randazzo. Is, is he going to be healthy again ever? I don't know. But if he is, he could be pretty good. Joao Rafael Ferreira, a solid Brazilian guy. So a few question marks outside, question marks at opposite. Kind of question marks in the middle. They only have three middle blockers on the roster right now, including 19-year-old Latvian Gustavs Freemans, who I thought actually uh, I saw him in the, I believe, eighth finals, quarterfinals of Eurovolley. He looks pretty athletic, but still, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's a full-time starter in the Super League yet. So it's kind of strange to me, especially they let go of some decent players that were on their A2 winning roster, including uh, Luca Presta, Simone Parody, Ricardo Goy, the libero. So I don't know. There's definitely a little bit of talent on this team, but I'm... I'm just not sure what the thesis is. And especially in your first season in the Super League, you don't want to drop back out. Got to get a few more sponsors, get a few bigger name foreigners. Would have loved to see that. Unfortunately, they seem to be last in bidding for Italians almost and almost last in foreigners. And I actually have a secret extra special tier here for you guys. And that's the team that I, I'm very strongly convinced that they're going to be the worst team in the league. Probably more convinced, more convinced than any other um, 
placing on this tier list, and that's Ravenna, last place. I'm really not a fan of their roster, which is surprising because Ravenna is one of those teams that really seems to find diamonds in the rough. They've had guys like Shawan Vernon Evans, Eric Lepke, not just the Canadians. They found guys like Camille Wright-Selicki, had his first season in the Super League with Ravenna. They brought Maurice Torres over for a pro season that's, you know, put him on the map. So, yeah, I'm not sure, like, what happened with their funding that they couldn't, you know, they clearly have good scouting. So I'm surprised they couldn't get anyone really to uh, join this roster, an exciting young guy like we've seen from the Canadians in the past or even, yeah, a young American or something. But there's, it's almost like this combination of safe but also not good at the same time. Uh, I mean, when the most recognizable player on your team is probably... Alexander Laftatov, the North Macedonian outside hitter who I actually like. I think he can hang in Italy, but I mean, other than that, uh, in, in, for me, it's it's surprising not to see any recognizable names on a roster. Uh, maybe someone can surprise me. Maybe we'll have the new Shawan or the new Maurice Torres on this roster, but as it stands, I, I'm, I can't see them finishing anywhere else but last. So if all this interests you, if you want to follow the Italian league this season, it's actually pretty easy. You can head over to volleyballworld.tv, the FFVB, buying the streaming rights to the league this season. So very accessible. I'm excited to have it on the platform. It was a bit annoying last season or the last couple of seasons when they split it between Rage and you had a VPN for, and then you had some games on 11 sports. So I'm excited. Maybe we'll see some extra extra things added to the package as well, maybe some English commentary, uh, something like that. And of course, you can follow the league throughout the season by listening to the 5-1 Volleyball podcast, covering not just the Italian league, but Champions League, Polish Plus Liga, the Russian league, and of course, the biggest storylines from Germany, France, Belgium, and all the rest. It's no better place to follow the world of professional volleyball than right here. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to this podcast, and I'll talk to you next time, probably after the season has started. Thank you.